The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is Tuesday, December 10th, and I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And I am going to break down a nice, juicy four-game slate with you for Tuesday night's action. We have a lot of uh, very interesting intrigue in tonight's uh, matchups, including Carmelo back in New York, uh, among several other things. So should be a very fun night of basketball, even though it's a smaller four-game slate. Um, before we get started, I'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Just took a big sip before we went on the air here. I am recording this Tuesday morning. I've been, uh, I know we usually do them in the evening, but uh, the last couple that I've been doing alone, uh, I've wanted to wait until morning so I could get a little bit more news, a little bit more updated lines, uh, just try to give you guys a little bit of an edge. So um, we will be going through the four games today. Um, again, thank you to Dan Bespris at our home hub back there at hoop-ball.com. He's got, uh, he's doing all of the organizing of all the podcasts and distribution and everything else that gets done, uh, at our home office there. So thank you, Dan. Um, okay. We, we have a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool lineup here. So let's jump right in. Uh, like I said, it's a four game slate. They're the first game of the night is a 7 p.m. game uh, Eastern, and that's the Washington Wizards, 7 and 15, at the Charlotte Hornets, 9 and 16. And uh, last time these teams met, they lit up the scoreboard, and I would anticipate that that's going to happen again. So this will probably, or I should say most definitely, be the most stacked game of the night. Um, without question. Uh, let's look at that line. Right now, it's the Wizards are actually a road favorite. Who would believe that? Uh, two and a half point favorite. And the over-under is the biggest of the night, 230. Uh, the Wizards have a 116 uh, implied total and the Hornets 114. So uh, you've got two teams that can score two teams that aren't good defensively, uh, an up-and-down pace in a somewhat slower-paced four-game slate. Uh, so let's, you know, dive really deeply into this first game. Uh, you're probably going to need three or four from this game to uh, have a winning lineup. So on the, on the pace side of the coin here, uh, the Wizards right now are third in the league in pace. So they are getting up and down the floor. It is a big pace down game for them. Charlotte is 26th. So that is a little bit of a concern for all of the uh, Davis Bertans and, and uh, you know, um, more Mo Wagner and all the people that are jumping on these, these value Wizards guys is it is a bit of a, 
a pace down. But like I say, last time these two played earlier this season, they did light up the scoreboard. Um, from a defensive efficiency standpoint, though, I think you're going to love this. How about last and second to last? That is correct. Not first time that's happened this year. You've got the 29th and 30th, the two worst defensive teams in the league. So that definitely, <laughs> if that doesn't spell, uh, you know, stack city, I'm not sure what does. So, um, you know, as, as we look into these two, you know, two teams a little bit, you've got two squads that, uh, you know, not winning a lot of games, but playing a little bit more up-tempo and, and ex exciting basketball. Um, on the Wizards side, I had already mentioned a couple of the value plays. Uh, Bertans is just shooting, absolutely shooting the eyes out of the hoop lately. So not sure if they'll put uh, a little more emphasis on guarding him, but man, it seems like he gets uh, seven, eight, somewhat open three attempts every game and let him get squared up and see the hoop and, and he's going to knock him down. He's in the top uh, 10 in three-point field goal percentage. He's in the top five in three-point field goals made, and he's only started one game this year, so he's doing all of that damage uh, off of the bench, but uh, he is a fun guy to roster. Uh, he will grab a few rebounds. Uh, you know, he's got definitely got some size, so he's not going to be just uh, completely scoring dependent, so he's certainly a guy you got to look at. His price is still good. Um, Mo Wagner, you know, again, that guy gets out and hustles. He does get in foul trouble because he plays super hard, but he is certainly a rosterable guy, if that's a word, um, especially against a, a Charlotte's front line that has not been that great uh, defensively, especially with Cody Zeller in there. Uh, they, they do have a little bit of a bump up uh, when they bring uh, Bismack Biombo in. But that's, you know, there may be a rotation of players. He may face Ian Mahimi, the backup center uh, from the Wizards. So, you know, I think uh, Wagner, very playable. Uh, Berton, certainly very playable. Um, we have another Ish Smith game. And, you know, with, uh, with uh, Isaiah being out, Ish has done a great job. I actually think he's a better player. Uh, you know, all the way around uh, than, than Isaiah is. So there's another guy that's rosterable. Uh, so that's that three, two uses of the word rosterable in, in one uh, podcast already. And um, so there's three guys from the Wizards, but that's not even my favorite guy. I, I think this is a Bradley Beal night. I think he's the best scorer in this game. I think uh, Charlotte doesn't really have a defensive answer. Uh, when they were playing uh, Bacon quite a bit, you know, he's a, a pretty stout defender, but he's sort of been shuffled out of uh, minutes, and they've been going uh, with Devontae and Terry Rozier in the backcourt. So I think Beal just uh, dominates in this game. This this just feels like a, a 40 real point kind of game for Bradley Beal. So he's my first foundational piece on the slate. I will put in a couple of those other wizards. Well, it, uh, either uh, Smith and and uh, Wagner probably. I just hate to jump on the Bertans bandwagon with nine million other people because he's going to be so highly owned. Uh, but you know that. So that's a pretty 
pretty hefty side uh, on the wizard side. Uh, as far as the Hornets go, you know, it's a little bit uh, more difficult. You've got Devontae Graham that certainly uh, should be highly considered, um, especially for a correlation play between Beal and Graham. I think that makes a ton of sense. I think they'll both be pretty highly owned, uh, but it, it's certainly the best play on the Charlotte side as far as the highest floor and the highest ceiling. Um, he's been, without question, their leader uh, throughout the year. Um, Terry Rozier, you know, hit or miss, boomer bust kind of guy. You, you can go that route if you want. I think a lot of people will in this up-tempo game. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to go there, but I certainly can see uh, a reason why uh, that would be a direction you want to go. Um, a guy that I have not uh, rostered, I think maybe once all season, because he, he has had some just horrible games, uh, but he seems to be snapping out of it in the last week, and that's Miles Bridges. Uh, his price is still decent. Uh, he get, he does get a lot of rebounds. He's a high flyer, so you know he is somewhat of a. I mean, he's a great GPP play for sure. Uh, but I think I may put him in my cash lineup for the first time, or well, actually the second time this year. So uh, that's the the direction I'm leaning uh, on the Hornets. Uh, the other guys are all you know a, a little too risky for me, certainly for cash. So you know there's a good solid five-man build uh, and most of my ownership uh, diving on this first game of the night, but I think you need it. I think that, uh, you know, I think this is the game to stack. <clears throat> I think if you, if, like I say, if you don't play at least three or even four from this game, you're, you're going to be playing catch up uh, in the other three games all night. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me take a quick updated look at uh, both teams live as far as player news goes. Since we're doing this day of, it might as well take advantage of that. Okay, on the, on the Hornets side, Marvin Williams doubtful uh, with a sore right knee. So, you know, that probably means a little upgrade in minutes for P.J. Washington. So he becomes in play. Um, he's probable with a right ankle sprain. Uh, but uh, he's coming off a, a two-game stretch here, uh, very impressive, 17 points, six and a half rebounds, three assists, two blocks, and two made threes. So there you go. That could be the hidden gem that we just stumbled upon, uh, and that in the likes of P.J. Washington. I may very well make the pivot from uh, – Miles Bridges to P.J. Washington. I mean, the additional minutes that he'll get with Williams off the floor, and obviously he's been red hot, obviously a, a great matchup, um, a big pace-up game for, for them. So I think I have just convinced myself into P.J. Washington. Um, so he's going he's gonna to be in there. Let's look on the other side of the ball just to make sure. We don't have any other news there. Um, we already know that Isaiah Thomas is out with a left calf strain. He'll be out for at least one more week, according to this. And they're already talking here about 
trying to re-sign Davis Bert Bertans. He's the talk of the town. He has an expiring $7 million contract, which is basically free square for the Wizards. Uh, this dude is going to get paid. I, you know, With his three-point prowess and his height, he is going to be a very wealthy man this offseason. Um, okay, that's the only news from that game. I want to spend quite a bit of time on it because I think it is the key game of the night. And there you have five of my guys going on the on the board from that game. All right, second game of the night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Denver Nuggets 14 and 7 at the Philadelphia 76ers 17 and 7. So you got two nice squads playing here. Let's start this one out with player news. Because uh, with Philly, they've had so many guys in and out. Uh, live player news. Josh Richardson is questionable uh, with his hamstring. So that's very important to uh, follow that one. Um, there's no news on Simmons or Embiid. They're looking like they're in and good to go. Uh, the dreaded Matisse Thibel. Oh, I just, ugh. I played him two games ago, and he had eight fantasy points. And then last game, he went bonkers. He had three, three, uh, five threes and a career-high 20 points. I'd, if you take Batiste Seibel, you're gambling uh, blind. You might as well play uh, uh, the lottery. But uh, All right, so that's the player news. Uh, the Line on the game is the Sixers are only favored by four and a half, which is pretty low for a home game. Uh, but here's the problem. Uh, total in the game, 207, uh, which is low. Philly, a 106 implied total, and the Nuggets, 101. So, you know, they're expecting this to be a real defensive grinded-out game, and I think, it's, I think it will. Um, as far as pace goes, that backs us up. Denver is 27th in the league in pace. Philadelphia is, where are they, 18th. So some pretty slow pace in this one. And you've also got two teams that can really D it up. Uh, Denver second and Philly sixth. So you've got two top six teams. Uh, you know, And this will have just that slow it down, bang it out. Jokic and Bede type of uh, feel to it. A lot of talent in this game. There are some certainly guys you can uh, fire up, but uh, for me, I'm not going there unless, you know, I want to see if Josh Richardson, what the news is there. And, and I'll tell you why, because uh, if Josh Richardson plays, I think that he'll probably stone Jamal Murray pretty good. I think uh, he is one of the better on-ball defenders in the league. <clears throat> if he's not playing, I think Murray becomes uh, playable. His price is still fair enough. Um, you know, you can fire him up. Um, Simmons is coming off a phenomenal game, but Denver has some good defense and they really slow it down. Uh, I really don't want to even touch the Embiid Jokic, Jokic thing. Uh, I am not, uh, I just don't think in this pace game that you need to go there and spend that kind of salary uh, on those two guys. So if you do, you know, if you roster some guys from this game, it will be somewhat of a contrarian play. 
you may want to throw a few of them on a GPP lineup, but as far as cash goes, um, I, I just don't see myself going anywhere here. I don't see enough value, uh, and you know, I don't want to spend up for a Simmons or Harris uh, or Jokic or Embiid or or you know, dependent on the defense, even Murray. So that's it. Pretty pretty boring there, but you know, I just you know, you can pluck a guy out of that game. Uh, you know, the other reason I love to fade that game is it's the TNT national TV game. And I'm convinced because I've done this for multiple years here. You can just see every player in the national TV game is, you know, usually two to 5% more owned just because it's a national TV game for all the people that don't have the ticket and are watching the game. You'd be surprised how many are a lot more liable to to suit up a guy or two so they can watch them. So that even creates more of a fade scenario for me. Um, so that's it. All right, the the uh, yeah, that's the halfway point because we only have four games tonight. Weird after doing a million games before. A couple things, you know, uh, we really I really do appreciate all the, the great comments. We're getting a lot of feedback on Twitter. Uh, you can always DM me with any questions or comments. Um, I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Um, and, and listen to us every day. Uh, we generally put this out in the evening, so late, late evening, so you can listen to it first thing in the morning. You know, When I do the solo shows, a lot of times I'll wait till morning to get more updated news, and it'll go out mid, mid to late morning. So, you know, listen to it throughout the day, um, start building your shell lineups, get an idea of which direction you want to go. Um, I had a really good question I wanted to sort of share on the air. Uh, somebody last night uh, had sent me several matches, messages. We were going back and forth and they said, you know, they play multiple sites, but they were getting a little frustrated because, you know, they hit on one side site and lose on the others. And then they end up coming out even or a little bit behind all the time. They just don't feel like they could get caught up. Well, you know, don't play all the sites just to play all the sites. What I would do is look at the pricing, determine who you like for that day, and see where it fits. It's amazing the different pricing. You know, there are nights where I will play a lot on all four sites, uh, I play DraftKings, Fantasy Draft, FanDuel, and Yahoo. But there are nights where I will play maybe one lineup on one site. It just depends on, you know, how I rate the slate as far as is this, you know, look like a profitable slate with good value or is it a really bad slate? It looks like traps all over the place. So, you know, you have to manage this like you manage your bank account. You really do. I mean, look at this as, you know, an investment you're making in a small business each night. And if, if uh, you know, you're just, you know, you have the night off, you're going to watch all the games and you want to load up just because of that, you're making a mistake. You know, if uh, it's a great slate, but you've got, uh, you know, to go out that night or you have to work that night, so you're going to play light, that's a mistake. Let the slate determine your play. Let the pricing on each individual site present what you want to do. Because, you know, there are, are you know, if there's two or three main plays that you like 
and they're priced way down on FanDuel, for example, but priced up on DraftKings. Don't play DraftKings. Just play FanDuel that night and the other sites that that meet your specific uh, pricing and the guys you like. So, you know, I can't really uh, impress that on on you any more than than that is, you know, go in with an open mind, look at it on how you want to do it. And, you know, if it's a slate that you just think is perfect, the pricing is great all over the place, then that's when you, you know, you roll it up and, and you go out there and play, play on all the sites and, uh, you know, get to know the nuances of each site in each contest, because the worst thing you can do is enter stuff that you don't know what you're entering or you're not sure how the scoring works. Um, you know, the pricing on these different sites is extremely different. You know, Yahoo's single digits. You know, you get your low price guys at $10, your high price guys usually in the 50s, you know, and then you go into just completely different pricing on FanDuel and DraftKings. They set their own numbers. And then Fantasy Draft just almost sort of takes DraftKings stuff and doubles it. So that's how they build the pricing. But you have to look at that as you're building lineups, determining, uh, you know, what you want to play. So that's a key factor. Um, it doesn't matter if you play cash or GPP, let that guide you in what you're playing. Um, but I would say diversify over multiple sites because it helps you find those good plays. You know, if you just play DraftKings and you happen to love Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons that night, but they're the two highest you know, uh, salaried guys, and it looks like they're going to be high ownership. But yet, you know, you're not playing anywhere else. You don't see other options. You're really pigeonhole yourself there, and it's not a good thing. Where maybe they're a lot cheaper on Yahoo that night. You you just dive over there. So, anyway, that's an important point I wanted to make, and I appreciate the the question and and banter that came about last night because uh, I did want to share that with you guys. So anyway, start your day every day with us. We appreciate that. Get your Hawaiian Isles Kona coffee like I have right here. And uh, you can search for us anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, Just search NBA DFS Today or DFS Today or even uh, just DFS Podcasts. I mean, we're really getting a lot of action right now. So we're going to come up uh, wherever you're searching for us. We are on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube, you name it, we're there. And we just ask that you take a second or two, uh, you know, after listening, rate, review, subscribe. That's all important stuff. You know, uh, star it, uh, put an alert there. So when, you know, our show is posted, you know, so you can jump on and listen. And it really helps us. Those five stars and likes, positive comments, thumbs up on YouTube, that kind of stuff. It all means a lot to us. It, it allows us to figure uh, out our listenership, the growth. Uh, it allows us to get out there and start uh, looking for uh, some some of the right sponsors. We're being real, real particular of who uh, we associate with. We want the right uh, light uh, minds and, and businesses to work with. And uh, so we really appreciate that. You know, uh, that that is a real help to us each day. Um, also, you know, again, it's a three-step process. Listen to the show, build that shell lineup. And then throughout the day, follow the news. You have to follow all the way up until lock. You know, sometimes 
uh, monster news comes out five minutes before lock, you got to scramble and make those adjustments because it only takes one dud player to screw you over. Last night, I would have taken down a tournament. Uh, it wasn't my fault, though. This isn't a news thing, but Austin Rivers got scratched, and he was my value guy that I plugged in for the uh, Rockets. So sad story is he had flu-like symptoms on the bench, and they said, get out of the bench. We don't want you getting everybody else sick. And he was a scratch after lock, and, you know, boom. But if that news would have come out, you know, five minutes before, I could have saved saved that lineup and and made a quick pivot. So uh, listen to our show, follow all of the news, jump on hoop-ball.com, click on forums, click on the DFS thread. You've got Miles and Andy posting things in there all day long. I'm going to be putting stuff in there, player news, and our other DFS pros will be doing the same. Also at Fantasy on Twitter, uh, that's where all the blurbs, all the news, everything's going up there. And then our DFS pros, they're at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. That's Micah Patry. And then Andrew Hansen's at Language Olympic. And Miles Hartley's at Miles6565. All right, let's finish the other two games and let you guys get on with your day. The second 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game is the Atlanta Hawks, 6-17, and 17, at the Miami Heat, 17-6. and six. Uh, We're going to jump on updated to the moment player news. Um, we have Alex Lynn as probable. He's been getting some of the minutes at the big splitting time there. Um we know DeAndre Bembry came off the bench. So it looks like they're up and going. Uh, Crab is playing. Hunter's playing. Reddish is playing. Herder's back, but on a minutes restriction, uh, up to 25 minutes as of the last game. So let's see if that's been raised at all. Um, he's a great play if, if it's up to 30 minutes. Herder gets fantasy points per minute, but they do have a lot of bodies now. All of a sudden, they were so shorthanded. Now they got a bunch of guys splitting minutes. You know, that definitely takes a little sting out of everybody riding sort of the Trey Young, Jabari Parker, because all the rest of the guys were were down or not 100%. Uh, so it's going to take a, a little bit better look uh, to make that determination uh, whether those guys are playable. Uh, as far as on the Miami side, uh, let's see. Dion Waiters, Mr. Gummy Bears, they're uh, questionable uh, for this game. Why? If you play Dion Waiters uh, in your lineup, please DM me on all sites for head to heads. Thank you. Uh, Bam Adebayo, questionable for Tuesday versus Atlanta. That is some big ass news right there. That changes everything in this game. Uh, it opens things up for Atlanta in the paint. It allows you to get some value with uh, guys like uh, Kelly O or Miles Leonard. So it's something definitely to uh, watch there. Uh, we already know that Goran Dragic ruled out. Justice Winslow ruled out. So what that does is uh, immediately puts three guys into high consideration and I want to fit like two of them in there. And that would be the trio 
of Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, and Jimmy Butler. So uh, figuring out which guys can fit playing against a lousy Atlanta defense, uh, I think you got to have two Miami guys in your winning lineup. I mean, that's just such a great play to add to the stack of that first game. Um, let's look at pace of play uh, real quick. Atlanta is uh, tied for ninth in pace, so they're getting up and down the floor. And uh, Miami is 20th, so not great, but you know they're still moving the ball. Some of that has to do with they've just had so many guys uh, taking uh, missing because of injury between Winslow and Drogic and some of their uh, ball handlers. They've all missed a decent amount of time. Um, on the defensive side, Miami is eighth, so that gives you a little bit of caution regarding Atlanta uh, players. However, Miami is shorthanded, so I'm sure that defensive efficiency will sink a little bit. Uh, you know, the other reason for wanting to play two or three Heat players is Atlanta is 26th in defense. They do not play D. Um, you know, Kendrick Nunn definitely is a huge, you know, I like to target people against Trey Young, and that's probably who he'll start out on. So, you know, strong plays there on that side. I think that, uh, you know, it's hard not to want to roster uh you know, some, some definitely some Miami Heat guys. Let me look at the updated line here. Um, I guess there's a small chance for blowout here. It's uh, eight and a half. Not really that bad, though, and Miami is shorthanded. So I would expect this game to stay somewhat close. Uh, the over-under is not promising. This is the lowest over-under I've seen for an Atlanta Hawks game all season. It's only 218, so some reason uh, that's staying down. I guess they see Miami controlling the tempo and, and really playing some good D here. Uh, Miami Heat implied total 113 and the Hawks 105. Wow, that's low. Um, I think I'd play the over in that game if, if I was playing uh, betting. Okay, so that's a, an interesting game. I mean, that's I can tell you right now the majority of my build is going to be stack Washington, Charlotte, sprinkle in two maybe three heat guys and uh, and take it to the bank. So, all right, we go to the final game on the card. It is the late night hammer sweat game. It starts two full hours later uh, than every other game. And uh, it is the New York Knicks at the Portland Trailblazers. So it is Carmelo, uh, going against his old team, but it's not in New York. I apologize. I think I stated that wrong at the, at the lead of the show. Uh, it's, it is in Portland, but it is against the Knicks, so he gets to get, go against a familiar team there. Uh, the Knicks are a, a wonderful 4-19, and Portland is 9-15. They've been struggling to, to get uh, their footing, but you know, that seventh and eighth spot right now in the uh, West, because everybody's beats everybody, is, is probably going to be, you know, if you can float up to 500, you're going to get in there. So it's uh, that is definitely uh, something to watch. I'm still, I think they're still going to be pushing on all cylinders to get it done. Um, let's take a look at any late player news here. I shouldn't say late. It's still early, but I mean up-to-date player news. 
the Knicks, Wayne Ellington, sore Achilles will not play again. If you're playing Wayne Ellington, please look me up for head-to-heads. Um, let's see here. It says here, interim head coach Mike Miller implied that he'll stick with Frank Dinalakina as the starting point guard for the time being. That sounds real positive if you're Frank uh, for the time being. It looked like in that last game, which was Miller's first game as coach, uh, that he went to Elf uh, Payton. Alfred Payton was getting some crunch minutes uh, when it counted. I think he's eventually going to win that job, but obviously it sounds like there's still uh, sort of a dumpster fire there. So don't touch it. Nidalekina, uh Payton sort of taken over, and then you got Dennis Smith. So it's a, it's a nightmare. Um, you know, he that coach started the same Knicks lineup that Fisdale started, which was shocking. Usually a new coach comes in, shakes it up with at least one or two changes, but he stuck with starting Morris and Taj Gibson and, and regular players. So I would say, you know, go back and look a little bit at the Knicks uh, box score in that game. But I think the coach is just trying to feel it all out uh, and determine – you know, what's what? I mean, the, the safest play is always Julius Randle. He did play 35 minutes in the first game that Miller coached. He certainly has the highest floor and I would say the highest ceiling uh, for the Knicks. And, you know, there are some other guys. Mitchell Robinson did get uh, 25 minutes in the last game um, and he only had one foul. So that that is they may want to call the Guinness Book of World Records for that one, I'm not sure how that happened, but it did. Um, so, you know, Robinson's always, if he's going to get 25 to 30 minutes, you almost have to plug him in because you know he's going to get rebounds and blocks and, uh, you know, finish him with some big thunder dunks. So, you know, he comes into play. He might be a sneaky good center play. Um, you know, I think he should have been playing more and Taj Gibson and sort of that cast of washed up clowns that they have. So I would go, you know, I think he becomes in play. I sort of like it. Uh, plus they need him in there to battle uh, Mr. Whiteside. You know, they need some size. I uh, can't really go too small against him. So put a little circle uh, around Mitch Robb. I think he's he may be a good play there. Uh, news on the Portland side. We've got... Let's see here. Kent Bazemore, uh, second, he will be uh, starting tonight for the second straight time. Certainly a consideration. He's very cheap, but, you know, since Rodney Hood, uh, poor guy, blew his Achilles, it looks like Baze has taken over that spot. Um, and that's really the only news. Everybody else is sort of in their roles now. And, you know, the determination of, you know, do you – for me, I've been fading Portland ever since Carmelo got there, and I just I just don't feel good about it. You know, Carmelo is such a, a ball hog, and he's going to shoot double-digit shots, and that directly takes away from the duo of, of Lillard and McCollum, who both need their shots, and then you have Whiteside has been making some noise inside. So, you know, for me, my biggest thing is I can't stand when there's four or five guys on a team all needing – uh, usage. And when that usage is divvied up like that, uh, it hurts. And, you know, some of the usage numbers and stats for Lillard and McCollum especially are really inflated. 
Uh, and that's because Whiteside missed a bunch of time. They didn't have Carmelo at the beginning of the year. And it was and Lillard missed a chunk of time. So especially McCollum, I mean, they were like 34, 35% usage games uh, where those two guys just dominated. So that has sort of disappeared with this team. And, you know, when you look at the pace of this game, New York is third to last in pace. So it is a, a, a pace down game, big time for Portland. Uh, and that just scares me off of all of their guys, to be honest with you. I don't care that Carmelo's going back against New York. If it was in New York, I would care, but I don't think it's going to make as big of a difference uh, in Portland because almost every Nick that he played, uh, you know, with or against when he was there, uh, or the coach, or the, even the water boy, I think was changed. I don't think there's anybody the same. I mean, I know he hates the owner, but you know, I, I don't. You know, it just I wouldn't put too much weight into that. Uh, Portland is ninth in pace, so it is a pace up game for the Knicks. You know, and maybe a Julius Randle, or if you desperate to fill a last spot on your your squad and you need a super value guy, you know, you can look at some of their low price guys like a Damian Dotson or Alfred Payton off the bench. I mean, those are all options uh, just for salary round out for you. Uh, and then as far as the defensive efficiency, we have uh, Portland at 22nd and the Knicks at 24th. So yeah, both teams are very lousy on defense, and that is why they have the second highest total on the board. So there's going to be a lot of people going to this game uh, for late night sweat reasons, wanting to have the hammer game. And I can see a bunch of people putting Carmelo and Lillard and maybe Randall or Mitch Robb or, you know, something like that. But I don't know if I'm going to go here beyond one at very, very most, two guys from this game, uh, you know, maybe a Mitch Robb, uh, you know, maybe a Julius Randle, you know, but after that, I just, I don't trust the game. It is a 221 over under, so it is definitely the second highest number. Uh, Portland's a 115 implied total, which is pretty healthy. Uh, you know, that is uh, second on the whole board to Washington. And the Knicks are 106, so, you know, not that great. But remember, Portland's going to divvy it up like crazy. They've got a lot of miles to feed on that squad, so there, there is some concern there. So, all right, that is it. That is a nice, tidy, uh, playable four-game slate. Um, you know, hopefully you took a lot away from this uh, to help you start building some lineups. Uh, watch the news. I think we've got the majority of the news, uh, except, you know, there are the, the questionable tag on Bam Adebayo is definitely the biggest news of, of the night that you need. Um, but most of the other news is answered. Um, and remember, with uh, only one seven o'clock game, that's when the, the you know, uh, slates are going to lock on FanDuel. And DraftKings, there's no late swap <clears throat> on either one of those. So the two 8 o'clock games and the 10 o'clock games, you need to make sure your guys are going to play. Uh, a zero kills kills a, a roster for you. So uh, follow that news tightly. You know, if you do want to 
take a few guys that you can pivot to on the sites that allow late swap, being DraftKings and Yahoo, then I would say uh, you know you could feel a little more comfortable if you did want to put a BAM in there and then make a late switch uh, if news doesn't break before lock. So, all right, that's it. You know, I guess my best advice here: follow the news, uh, stack up that Washington Charlotte game. Uh, you know, don't be duped into loading up uh, on the national Denver Philly game and, uh, you know, take some stuff down, be selective of the, of the sites, be selective of the, the either tournaments or cash games you get in and, uh, make some money. So again, uh, follow us on Twitter throughout the day, all the way up until lock. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Follow our other DFS pros there, at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-A, Mike Apatria, at Language Olympic, and at Miles6565. And then our uh, hoop-ball.com forums, uh, slide on there and, and follow some stuff as well. So uh, definitely uh, rate, review, subscribe our pods. Uh, give us some five stars. We love that stuff. And I uh, hope you really enjoyed uh, today's broadcast. Um, I am planning on tonight's show for tomorrow's slate uh, to be on there with my man, Mike Apatria, uh, this evening. So definitely uh, tune into that for a Wednesday slate that has three, six, nine, eleven games. So it looks like Apatry and I are going to be burning the midnight oil here, breaking down a big 11-game slate late tonight uh, so that you can listen to it tomorrow morning. So, all right, make a bunch of money tonight and, uh, uh, you know, log on, really set set the alarm on, on YouTube and such so you know when our stuff posts so you can listen in and you don't miss out. All right, I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Hoopball NBA DFS today. For Micah Patria, Andrew Hansen, Miles Hartley, I am Joe Sarvati, coach. We will catch you again tomorrow as we look to crush it on an NBA DFS. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.